Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, we're live. We are live. Woo. All right. Tweet's ready. It's rolling. It's rolling, Matt. How are you feeling right now? You feeling sad? Happy? I'm fine. I'm fine. We're we're not used to doing on the whistles when we lose, right? No, it feels hard. Third time this season? Yeah. Are we about to go full on YouTube and start shouting at each other? Arteta out. Arteta Arteta out. out. Get rid of him. Useless. Clearly. Useless. He can't goes up, crash. goes up north to play his daddy, and he crumbles. Embarrassing Cr- man. Crashes out the FA Cup fourth Cr- round. Disgraceful, oh. disgraceful. All right, Matt. It's going to be uh, no. No one wants to talk about a loss, uh, but we're going to because we're professionals. Going to turn the loop off. No looping today, and we're just going to hit it. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm joined by Matt Candela. Uh, you did a little Patreon in the week and it was uh, it was Johnny time. Uh, it's Pete time this time. Uh, how do you feel? You comfortable with it? Uh, do, you, do you need someone else in the room? Do you need me to call HR? You going to be all right? You going to get through it? I, do, I, do I sense some bitterness in your voice? Uh, it was. You know what? I listened to that podcast and I was like, "This is is this is it funnier when I'm not on?" I was I was cracking up. I think it's it was def- funnier. I was a little bit jealous. I was like, "The banter's def- not this good when I'm on." It's definitely funnier when you're not around, but that's <laughs> nothing to do with you. I think it's just the incredible chemistry that me and Johnny had, and then, but then I was tuning in to you and Osblog uh, for for a, for a special yesterday. That was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Almost sixteen years. Uh, oh I've, I've been writing God. about Arsenal and we've never done anything. Well, I have. I went on to his podcast for like his 20 year special, which was fun, but it was great to have him on. Uh, what a brilliant guest. I, I came out of it. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm captain positive, but um, someone put in the group chat. It was like, I, I liked how you both started and you're a little bit cagey about Arsenal winning the Premier League. And then by the end of it, you were like, we're going to win the Champions League. Um, so I felt like yeah. it was um, a big milestone in the Arsenal season. You know, there were the big wins. There's moments on and off the pitch. And that for me was, uh, I don't want to over-egg it, but if people haven't listened, they should definitely listen because it felt like the perfect way to uh, symbolise the halfway point. That was uh, and, that's uh, very kind of you to say. It was uh, it was a great podcast. It's uh, It was free to air. So if you want to jump on it, uh, take a look at uh, take a look at it. Andrew is obviously excellent. You don't have to don't have to explain to you who he is. Um, he's the the biggest fan media in the world, which is uh, 
uh, an exceptional achievement. It was great to have him chatting through. It's a 2023 Evergreen special. So do tune into that. Um, but we've got to take care of something that's not as pleasant as that podcast today because Arsenal played Manchester City in the FA Cup. It was the first part of the trilogy. There were a lot of questions over whether we were going to lose out psychologically. There were questions over whether we were going to roll with the first team. And there were questions over, you know, how was this young team going to handle going away from home at Manchester City, Matt? And you get the hottest take today. So, Matt, what's your hottest take after that, um, you know, that loss? My hottest of takes is that as long as Thomas Partey is okay, it looks sort of precautionary. I'm hoping that he hasn't got a rib issue. If if he is okay, I think that was the absolute perfect defeat. Absolutely perfect defeat. And the reason for that is, I think, um, we got up close. We got personal. Uh, we saw what they had. Uh, we didn't play with any fear. I thought we were their equal in every measure. But there's one thing that I saw when I looked at that game. I think they're scared of us. And I don't say that lightly. I genuinely think Manchester City is scared of us. And I think that based on what we saw, we can go into the game at the Emirates in a couple of weeks with the confidence that we can really, I think we can turn them over. That's what I saw when I, I don't know if, if, if you agree, but my heart to takes is we got up close. Uh, we got under the skin of what's, what we're facing. We looked at the beast in the eye and we saw fear in their eyes. That's my hardest take. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. You know what? I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was like, if there is, if there is any way to lose, this is how you lose. Um, it was a very similar sort of performance to the one that we had on, you know, the opening of 2022 last year. You came away from it and you're like, listen, uh, we, we, are, we are on the rise. That was a very, that was a very B-team feel you know to the starting 11 and Manchester City fans were cheering loudly at the end but I didn't I I, I didn't what's what'd you say Pyrrhic is it a Pyrrhic Pyrrhic victory Pyrrhic victory Pyrrhic yeah. Pyrrhic victory um I Ooh, I think I think that's Man fancy that's fancy I read that the other week I was like oh that's a nice word I think the if I was a Manchester City fan I would be asking more questions of Manchester City than I would of Arsenal because I thought we were more than a match for them. Um, we got in behind. Um, I, I thought there were some good performances. I thought Fabio Vieira had a, a pretty decent first half. Um, Rob Holding had a couple of nightmare moments, but you've got to remember, he's fifth-choice centre-back playing against the most brutal striker to have graced the Premier League in the last 10 years. So I thought he did a, a pretty decent job. Matt Turner had a nice game. And... I was just thinking, wow, if 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 our B team can do that to Manchester City, what is it going to be like when we've got all of the boys out from the start? And my hope is that the, the, the dressing room after isn't down. I don't think that that's a psychological blow to Arsenal. I think it's a psychological blow to Manchester City. At least that's the hope. And the other good thing is the FA Cup. I mean, I know, you know, we all have a, a good day out at Wembley. But the FA Cup doesn't offer you a way into the Champions League. Prize money's not that good. And if you are competing for the Premier League, we don't have a squad big enough to be going for um, three competitions at once. So I'm not really concerned. I don't think that we've really lost too much. The big concern was that you're going to go up there and get spanked 5-0, and then there are big questions. But anybody watching that game today, I tell you, Mikel Arteta's got us absolutely humming. And to have a B team humming, absolutely exceptional. So let's um, let's move it. It's difficult to know where to go through on the, on the topics, but... First thing that I'm thinking is uh, 
Trossard made his debut today. Um, I wanted to get your take on how you thought he performed and what player does he remind you of? Well, obviously got the nod. Um, I thought he was really excellent. And it was interesting, wasn't it? Because I thought, I actually texted someone at halftime. I said, there's there's really no drop-off between Martinelli and Trossard. He had that fullback on toast in the first half. And I was like, we've really, really, not just lucked out, we've we've done a really good job on, on getting him at a great price because he's Martinelli levels. Uh, and then Martinelli came on and showed a level above Trossard. Oh, he looked, he looked fired up, didn't he? And I think that's the beauty of competition. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes people reach new levels because Martinelli, to be honest, hasn't been at quite the levels that we expect him to be since sort of the end, the, the Brighton game maybe. Yeah. Um, but today, and that's, that's about three games, by the way, so that's not really, we're not, we're not dismissing. Getting a little bit critical way. there. But I thought he just came out and was really fired up and I thought Trossard was great. And it meant that, you know, we didn't really miss anything and we managed not to put too many minutes on the players. And I think it's pretty clear that Trossard can play a significant role starting some games, uh, coming on as a sub in games. And the great thing about it is that whichever one is starting, they're just sort of loosening up the, oppos op the opposition, you know? They're just like tiring them out a bit and then the other one can come on to devastating effects. I'm absolutely delighted with that performance. And to be honest, if that was... I, don't, I know we don't want to go on about that Mudrick guy, but I mean, if Mudrick played like Trossard today, we'd be going, my God, we've got a future Ballon d'Or winner. He was absolutely mm -hmm. brilliant. Yeah. away at Man City. So extremely happy with Mr. Trossard. And he's a little bit more experienced as well. So you know that there's going to be consistency of performance with him, which excites me. I love the way that he's um, clicked right into the team, can use both feet. He's uh, one-touch passing ability. His one-touch flick ability is, uh, is also pretty impressive. But I love the shots. I love the shots. He was very unlucky today. Um, and his decision-making is really top draw. Um, you know, the Tommy Asu uh, opening that he gave him early on. I mean, that was, that, was a, that was a brilliant bit of vision. It was a brilliant bit of vision. Yeah. No, no, no. He was, he, was, he, was, he was fantastic. You really see the benefit of signing players from a club like Brighton where they play similar football to us. Um, it's, it's just not going to take any time to slot in. He already looks like he, uh, he's ready to go. He is. I he he does remind me a little bit of uh, Santi Gazzola. Even he's like you know he's a little bit he doesn't he doesn't look like a ripped athlete. I'm sure he is, but he's got that kind of shape and the way that he moves around. Um, he's got a lot of unpredictability about him, he, and he's he's faster than people let on. You know, everyone was trying to convince me that he was slow. He's definitely not uh, slow. He can get around the pitch. I mean, that shot in the first half is is actually a very very good save to keep that up. It was a brilliant save. Yeah, totally agree with that. And it's uh, it just goes to show you, uh, people are saying that Cassiedo is basically putting a transfer request on his Instagram. Uh, it, it is amazing that Brighton is kind of a feeder club to Arsenal now. It's like, come in, learn the language, get used to the food, um, shake it all out of the system, and then go to Arsenal. Fulfill your dreams. Um, That's got to so work for Brighton as well. They've got to be like, listen, you could you could make your way to Arsenal at some point. Well, someone, yeah, someone just sent me the uh, Moses Casado transfer request. What an absolute embarrassment! What's I've he done? Say. Well, he's just put it out, going, you know, go and I'm proud. Go and I'd be proud to bring in a record transfer fee for Brighton. 
Oh my um, God, that's pretty direct. And I'm the youngest of 10 siblings from a poor upbringing in Santa Domingo. It's like, yes, mate. And we signed you and have given you every fucking opportunity to play in the Premier League, you ungrateful piece of shit. Come on. I, I, I hate this shit with players coming out and do that. I personally think he needs to knuckle down and decide whatever the club wants to do. They've completely transformed his life by bringing him to Brighton. And I where, find where it... Is the, so, where is the transfer? Oh, where is the transfer request? Oh, it's, okay. It's I'm grateful to Mr. Bloom. Okay, let's... Uh, Maybe maybe we'll pull it up because I've got the capabilities to pull it up on the screen. Matt's furious. He's I furious. Think, I just think it's modern footballers. It's like, oh, we're not. You forget. You, yeah. That. Look at that. Look at that. So he says, uh, I'm grateful to Mr. Bloom and Brighton for giving me the chance to come to the Premier League. And I, I feel I've always done my best. I'm the youngest <laughs> of 10 siblings. I'm proud to be able to bring in a record transfer fee to Brighton, which would allow them to reinvest. The fans have taken me into their hearts and will always be in my heart. Uh, I hope they can understand why I want to take this magnificent opportunity. Oh, you know what's um, funny about that? He definitely didn't write that. That's uh, that's a little Oxbridge uh, PR person that's jumped on the feed and has penned that out. It is it is a little bit gross. I mean, he's only been with them a short amount of time. Do you he's think that that moves the, Do you think that moves the needle, Matt? Do you think that moves the needle? Mr. Bloom doesn't seem to be the sort of guy that gets shoved around by big clubs. What do you think? I think this is the kind of thing that's going to make the transfer could potentially not happen uh, because you can't be seen to buck to crowd pressure. And I just think you just got to understand the guy has come from Independiente, whatever, and and uh, in 2021, he's come to Brighton. They've done some incredible scouting, brought him over. Uh, last year, he was on loan at Beer Shot. Beer Shot. I mean, that, that sounds like a drinking combo in a bar in London. And so he's come back and it's like just a lack of respect for your employer. I find it, I, I personally find it outrageous because if the money's right, Brighton will sell. They will. Of course they will. And you don't need to stop posting that because... It's, it's just absolutely, I think it's ridiculous. It is, but I guess he's watched Mr. Mudrick do the same thing and get a move and game changing money. He's only 21, though. I don't know why, you know, you, there's plenty of years ahead of you. But mind you, listen, you can play the morality police all you want. All I give a crap about is Arsenal central midfield and it needs Cassiedo. So if he has to do that, he has to do that. I'll, I'm, I'm excited that it's not an Arsenal player doing that. Matt, think about the progress. We're making players embarrass themselves. We're making players that? perform unprofessional acts online, and you're disappointed? Mate, look at us. Look at the ascension. People begging not... to join us. Remember Van Persie? It's the little boy inside me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. Chocolate Leg. Oh. Mr. Chocolate Leg. Get out of my face. Um, okay. All right. So let's move on. Uh, that was a, a little deviation there. Cassiedo's put in a transfer request on his Instagram feed. He wants to come to the Arsenal. Matt's upset about it. But or I know. If the, yeah, or Chelsea. If the deal comes through, Matt will get that on the back of his shirt in a heartbeat. All right. Um, let's talk about uh, this uh, topic. Thomas Partey uh, went off at half time, and... Let's be 100% honest. I don't think that this is an indictment on Sam Conga. I just think it's very, very difficult to be as good as Thomas Partey. And, and the, 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 the change, the substitute kind of showed us two things. Firstly, if we lose Partey to injury, we are in deep trouble. And secondly, Sam Conga probably needs a lone move 
Um, what did you make of Thomas Partey's first half performances? And have you got an inkling about whether he's injured or not? What do you think? Um, good question. I mean, he obviously took a little blow to the ribs. I don't know if I was the only person who suddenly started Googling recovery time from broken rib. Uh, and it's a month to two months if he's got a broken rib. So um, I'm really, really hoping that it's not. Footballers um, really usually hope... play through that, though, don't they? Mm, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I think it, he'd be out for a month. So, um, so let's see. Um, but I'm hoping that it was just precautionary. It was just, uh, you know, it was only planning to pay for 45 and see what happened. Uh, because clearly we're two, we're, we're two different teams. One with Thomas Partey and one without him. Um, I thought in the first half, he's he's unplayable. He's unplayable. He's he's absolutely fantastic. In the second half, Sambi Lekonga came in. I've seen a lot of hate for Sambi Lekonga about his performance. I thought the performance was... I personally thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I thought we lost control um, of the game, but I thought he looked... It was a much more um, assured performance than some I've seen from him recently. He looked more at it. He looked more proactive. Uh, some of his passing was crisp. He's not Thomas Partey. He can't do that. No one can do that. Thomas Partey is the best. He played some lovely long balls after we conceded. I thought so. I thought yeah, so. I agree with you. Yeah, he played some lovely stuff. He's just not... I, I, I guess you're 21 years old, you're not going to be as tuned into the game as a 29-year-old, right? You don't have the experience. You don't. You haven't been through the moments. And I, Is it just me or does Sambi always seem to play quite difficult games? He does. He, like, he always plays difficult games and I think it's a great point from uh, Fogging Football. He's good on the ball, but his positioning is poor. Um, And I think about positioning, I'm just, I don't really know whether it's something innate or whether it's something that can be coached. I suspect it's a combination of both. The the players who instinctively know it are the better players, but you can't, but it can be taught to an extent. But, you know, it was, I, I didn't think it was. I thought the exciting thing about all the second string was that they looked a bit more at it um, than they have done in Europa in recent games. I thought the uh, Congo was all right. I thought Vieira was all right. I thought Rob Holding was all right. I thought Tierney was a bit less good. That was my personal take anyway. Um, but, you know, you take away... You can't, you, you can't look at Tierney the same way. It's like when no. your partner cheats on you. You're like, I can't look at you. I can't look at you anymore. It's just different. So, uh, Kieran Tierney didn't cheat on us, but we cheated on him. Um, we've got a <laughs> we've got a better model in. And like once you've seen Sinchenko right, bombing down that left, you, you can't look at Kieran Tierney's game and and feel the same way that you did three years ago. Things have no. changed, I right? Know. I, I mean, know. the difference is stark. I was with somebody, and uh, I was with an Arsenal fan that's that's over um, from London, and. Uh, he he was he was saying the it, it's not Tierney's fault. <laughs> I was like, that's such a patronizing thing to say. It's like it's not his fault. He's he's not at the level. He was really. You remember a few years ago when he came to the club and we were like, this is the promised land. This is the type of player that we need. And Zinchenko has just blown my mind. He's reinvented um, that left-sided uh, position that he plays, and it's uh, it must be difficult for Kieran Tierney. I mean, like we'll have to sell in the summer. I don't know why people are upset about that because we've probably got to find someone that can do what. Sinchenko I'll tell you a story. I was with uh, I was with a Chelsea fan at the weekend. 
they were talking about a, a fullback. And I said, does he invert? And do you know what the Chelsea fan said to me? What's invert? And I thought, do you, do you even know ball? How embarrassing. How embarrassing. You don't know inverting? Oh, <laughs> pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Um, yeah, so... We, did, we, we didn't know inverting, but now we know. Now we know. Now we know the true powers of inverting. Uh, and it's exciting. It's exciting. But I thought... Um, yeah, I thought Samba Lukonga didn't have a terrible game, but ultimately his kind of lapse cost us again. I, and if if William Saliba goes out on loan, why can't Sambi send him out on loan for a year? Send him, send him to Marseille, shape him up, or send him, send him, send him to Burnley. Burnley. Send him to Burnley. They're playing great football. Um, I had a yeah, Vincent Company, Vincent Company, you got us into this mess, my friend. Yeah, you Ups, told us up level him. Up-level him. That's what I need. Um, okay, so questions over Manchester City. Matt, like Manchester City rolled the dice on a on a strong first team. Do you think if Pep Guardiola knew that we were playing a B team, he wouldn't have gone as strong? Do you think that he's feeling a little bit concerned about that performance? Because really, you would expect Manchester City with the players that they have at their disposal, Haaland going up against Rob Holding, you would expect them to exit that game with three or four goals. It didn't go that way. Do you think Pep will be concerned? Um, and do you think now Pep has got that victory? Do you think he'll be a little bit worried that now he's got even more fixtures um, piling up for him? I think, I think everyone's looking for the psychological aspect of the game. And I think we landed the first blow with that team. Because what it said was, you're taking us more seriously than we're taking you. You know, that's that's what it said to me. It's like, we're, we're all good, mate. We're all good. You don't need to, we don't need this like you need this. You're trying to like pick everyone up and build some momentum and build some confidence. And we're like, yeah, you know, we want to do well, but we're, we're, we're all good, mate. We're all good. Um, and I think, you know, Matt Turner in goal, um, Vieira in the middle, Vieira in, in midfield, that for me was the real like, uh, we think we can get away with Vieira in the middle. Um, and so I, I think right from the off, the, 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 and I said it in my heart as a text, I think they're, I think Pep is worried about us. I think he's scared of us. Uh, not scared, like, uh, more scared for his team, more scared for the way that they don't have the fire in the belly like we do. And he'll come out of it. He'll be, he'll, I think everyone will be broadly satisfied. I think Arteta will say he was dissatisfied, but secretly, as long as there's no injuries, he'll be like, nothing to fear. Especially when we go, we know we're good at home, but I think going away, I mean, we have, we have suffered. We have suffered up there. And today it was like, no, we're, we're all, I think, I, still, I fancy us. I just don't know what it is about City this season. They're good. They're a top team. But it just doesn't feel scary like it used to. It doesn't feel scary like it did from January last season. And, and that could all change. I think questions that I'd be asking about City. What's happened to Haaland? He didn't. He, 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 got, he got pocketed today. He got pocketed. Arsenal kind of doubled up on him a little bit. They closed off his runs. He looked very, very frustrated. And I, I, and I, I keep on going back to this. And I don't know whether I'm just trying to paint the picture that I want to see. But... 
the signings of Jack Grealish and Haaland have made City worse. Do you know what I mean? Is that I know I know it sounds absurd, but they just don't feel as dynamic. Jack Grealish hasn't hit the mark, but he's a hundred million pound player, so he has to play all the time. And Haaland is a is a bulldozer. You know, it's like Ronaldo versus Messi. He's he's the Ronaldo, um, but he's not very dynamic. And then he starts dropping deep, and he doesn't really have the touch. Ball doesn't always stick to him. So unless he's getting balls in behind, he's not. I know that he scored 30 goals or whatever he scored, but I just wonder whether he's getting sussed a little bit because he hasn't looked the same in 2023 so far. And I'm sorry, if if Rob Holding's getting the better of you, even if he's only over 45 minutes, you've got to be asking questions. So, Matt, <laughs> have Manchester City uh, regressed a little bit? Do you think, are you sensing that it isn't as, vinci- as invincible as it was before? I know you said that there's fear, but just looking at that starting 11, does it, does it feel like a, a pure pep team or does it, lack a little bit of dynamic I think well I think first of all they've got 45 points from 19 games or 45 yep. points from 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 20 games so they're doing all right this we can't say that they're, they're a we, they're a weakened team because that's pretty much on track with their other title wins I'd say I think his aim with Harland and Grealish was to add some unpredictability to the way that they play. I think he felt that they were so systemized that when it comes down to those games against Real Madrid and, and the big Champions League games, you just need, you need the unpredictable winner on 89 or whatever, you know? So, um, so I think, I think that's why he's done it. I personally find them uh, slower. The thing that always struck me when we played City is they were just so much faster than us. And the crazy thing about today was they may have won, but I thought we looked faster than them. Faster on the ball, faster without the ball, better press, clearer press. And I think Arteta like squeezed. He has the ability tactically to just completely close people out. And I thought he completely shut down De Bruyne, completely shut down Haaland. I think the same goes the other way because I think they completely shut down Saka. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, both schooled, both from the same school, or Arteza from Pep school, they had that ability to shut down things. But um, the fact that no one has been really been managed to be able to do it between De Bruyne and Haaland, that whole connection was extremely promising for when we play them uh, in the next two games. You're on mute. I wonder whether uh, maybe I'm taking maybe I'm taking this too far. But do you remember when it was like the end days of Thierry Henry? We had that very young side, and Thierry would glare at Adebayor if there was a miscue. Um, but every uh, like when when Thierry was on the pitch, everything was threaded through him, and it 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 made us a little bit easier to play against. I don't think City are quite at that level, but it's it does feel a little bit, just a little bit. Like lump it to Haaland is is the is the first thought. You know, Manchester City have finally got a striker and all their creative players have lost a little bit of edge because it's just like get the ball to Haaland and he'll do the job. And he did a good job in the first half of the season. But the Premier League catches up to strikers, especially in their first season, and then you have to reinvent yourself. And I want you know, Haaland will probably reinvent himself, no doubt. But um I, I think that sometimes their play feels like it lacks a Jesus-style player or an Aguero 
style player. So we'll be interested to see how that pans out. Okay, so same question, slightly flipped. Uh, what are the advantages of a loss um, well, out the FA Cup? Silver linings, please. Well, I think there's one thing that is changing that because we started this by saying, I think a loss is actually it's the perfect loss if party's okay. Um, but some people in the comments are seeing the Arteta press conference saying uh, we didn't want to, he couldn't continue. We didn't want to take any risks. He didn't, he couldn't continue. Um, I think that's fingers crossed for me. And another one, uh, party felt something and had to yeah. come up. So I am desperately hoping it's precautionary because if we just, if we lost and Thomas Party's out for a month and misses the City game, this was calamitous. Calamitous. Yeah, that would be depressing. It d- does depend what sort of injury it is as well. Like if, if he felt something in his ribs, I'm less concerned than he felt something in his, in his quad. Hamstring. Yeah, in his hamstring. That's more of the concern. And I, I, honestly, if he if he is out for an extended period of time, Arsenal have got to move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't have a player that li- literally misses the important parts of every single season. It's a nightmare. Um but the the only risk that we had really today in our whole starting eleven was Granite Jacker and Thomas Partey, and of course Thomas Partey's gone off because he felt something. What a nightmare! What a nightmare! That's really frustrating. That's aggravated me. Um, but if we do, you know, advantages of a loss for me, FA Cup's not getting you anywhere. You don't need to be in it. So we've got less games to be concerned about. So we get more rest um, into the system. Manchester City have more games to consider. And at some point, Manchester City have to start making decisions. You can't play the FA Cup, the Champions League and the league all at, um, all at 100 miles an hour. Even, even City have to rotate um, you know, their squad. So I think there's an advantage there. And I think the, the key advantage to Arsenal is, is we lost, but we didn't get humiliated. And um, I think that that was, you know, we, we've been up there and we've had four or five put past us plenty of times in the past. So it was nice to exit um, exit an away game at Manchester City. Do you think um, Do you think there'll be any hangover, uh, barring an injury, heading into the next one? Do you think there'll be any doubt? Do you think the Arsenal players might feel a bit emotionally drained after after that loss today? Or do you think the, they're well prepped? I mean, my sense watching it was it wasn't an emotional game. And I, like, I, I thought I saw the way the Arsenal-Manchester United game at the weekend felt very emotional from, from the first minute to the last. Matt, Chad Patterson, Chad Patterson has said that to confirm the discomfort with Thomas Party is in the ribs. Okay. Does Chad so know that? Is there, I'd love to know. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of people saying, Gary Murphy's saying ribs, not legs. So I'm a little less anxious. Just get a little injection in there, Thomas. Just get a little injection and pretend it's not there. Boxers okay. fight with broken ribs, right? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Let's just pretend that you can play through broken ribs. Yeah, it's from uh, ESPN. Okay, cool. All right, sorry. Back to the uh, back to the question. Uh, what was the question again? I think uh, we were talking about advantages of a loss. Or uh, I've completely lost track. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, ribs now. I'm thinking about ribs. <laughs> Not eating them. Uh, Thomas Party's ribs. Yeah. yeah, why don't we go into? I tell you, let's move into another topic of conversation because we've got a big American listenership. Uh, Matty Turner had a fantastic World Cup. Looked like he's developed his game. 
um, after a quite a shaky start where he looked like a you know deer caught in headlights. Um, what did you think of the performance today? I mean, that's a big, nervy game for uh, you know an inexperienced Premier League goalkeeper. How did you think he handled himself? Um, how big a difference was it um, between watching Aaron Ramsey and, uh, and Aaron Ramsey? Aaron Ramsdale. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, I remember the last question, which is you said, do you think there's a hangover uh, from this game? And I was talking about the emotional yeah. aspect of the game at Arsenal Manchester United. Yes. And the way that when they lost, it looked like it could. It was. It looked painful when Luke Shaw fronted up afterwards, although, you know, Bukayo Saka had absolutely ruined him. It felt he really looked like a man who was feeling that defeat. Um, so this game didn't have those vibes. It wasn't uh, boiling over. It wasn't tempestuous. It wasn't a grudge match. It wasn't any of those things. It was a very sort of gentlemanly played game of football. Um, and I think maybe the managers have something to do with that. The fact that they're friends, the fact that, you know, I don't think that there's a, a nastiness between the clubs yet, although that could emerge over the seasons if we become serious rivals. It normally does. Um, so I don't think there's going to be a hangover. I think it. I think we're 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 ready to go. On Matt Turner, I think being at that Man United game, you just saw how great Aaron Ramsdale's distribution is. I mean, as you said on the pod on Monday, it's like Cesc Fabregas sometimes playing out from the back. He just pings it. And Matt Turner, I thought, had a decent game, was commanding in the box, couldn't do anything about that. That's a brilliant finish, to be fair. Yeah, I um, mean, couldn't have got any outrageous. tighter to that post, could um, he? You're on mute. Um, but uh, so, so the one thing you sort of really, the one, the one place you really miss Aaron Ramsdale was in distribution. Because Matt, yeah. Matt Turner went long every time. He didn't even try and play it out. And you realise that, Aaron Ramsdale's biggest strength is his offensive ability combined with his defensive ability. Yeah, I agree. Agree with it. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? No? Oh, you're going to have to... <laughs> you can't hear me. People in the comments? What's going on? We've lost, Pedro. All right. The mic is broken. Can you hear me now? It's very disappointing. I'm seeing a lot of good comments. Uh, Fogging football, he did play it out a few times under pressure as well. Can you hear me now? Um, do agree. Uh, he did get better. Ah. Can you hear me now? You can't hear me? Yeah, everyone can hear me, Matt. Is there something wrong with you? Sorry about that, guys. We're having a bit... Having a bit of a nightmare. Having a bit of a nightmare. I was like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? Um, okay, sorry. We, let's get let's get back into it. Matt Turner. Yeah, I mean, I was saying that um, I didn't think he was very good in distribution, and it was he kicked it long every time. But I think some people uh, were a little bit more positive about him, um, and apparently he did play it a little bit more. So. Uh, yeah, I thought he had a good game. Couldn't do anything with that goal. It was an absolutely exquisite finish. All right. Okay, Matt, we're going to move on to a big topic right now. Big Moel Nenny is injured. He's out for a long time, Matt. And midfield is looking bleak. Um, the transfer window has, what, three days or four days left of it? 
Um, what do you think Arsenal need to do and how confident are you that Arsenal can do some stuff in this window? Um, like, is this the same as last year? Don't get the right deal, have to move on? Like, what do you think? Like, how how major is this moment for our season? I think um, it's a tricky one. The big question for me is, can we buy Casado and Declan Rice? Uh, do we think that that is feasible, both from a squad perspective, from a cost perspective, all of that sort of stuff? And are we prepared to pay a tax that comes when you're doing a signing on the 28th, 29th, 30th of January? My gut says we have to wait it out um, and just try and get lucky. But I think so much, I think actually it's all going to depend on this MRI scan. I think if, if, if <laughs> oh my god, Mr. Bloom uh, is definitely w- watching to see uh, how this MRI. I bet he's at the hospital right now. Just, just, just get get the get the direct view of this. That I mean, because we what we'd have to we'd have to stump up another twenty million. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he, he's he's trying to find a doctor who can who can get that information to him when it comes to this negotiation. Um, I don't know. I, I can't see us spending. The 65, I mean, 65 million is outrageous for a player that cost 3 million 18 months ago. It's crazy. And it's like, why Why are Arsenal not there earlier? Why like, why are we not in these conversations yeah. earlier? It feels like a lot of players are getting flipped for mega money. Where are our, where are, where are our analysts? Where are our scouts on, on players like Cassiedo? Well, I mean, the thing, I think the thing that has just completely turned him around is his performances in the World Cup. Right. Uh, that was the thing that, add, you know, every player who plays well in the World Cup gets 20 million added because it's basically proof that you can do it. At, at, it's perceived as being able to do it at the highest level. Um, and I think Arteta is probably just desperate to get anyone in because he can see the opportunity. But I don't want to turn into Arsene Wenger, but it does seem a lot of money for a 21-year-old who's played 30 games. But people said that about Mudrick, and then we saw him come on for Chelsea, and he looked mustard. So, and 21 but, gives you 10 years worth of midfielder, right? Why don't we just get him on an eight and a half year deal? Get him on an eight and a half year, spread the cost. Do you think? Um, do you think that this is out of the Mudrick money, or do you think Arsenal have 70 million lined up for Declan, 70 million lined up for Casado, and? But that's uh, like, like, is there, is there, or are we just, you know, are we playing with a budget? Like, what's going on here? It feels like all of a sudden Arsenal have got the oil wealth, right? It's absolutely bonkers. And maybe we were planning to spend it earlier on, but I don't see how we, I think if we buy Casado, it's advantage Chelsea for Declan Rice. That's what it feels like for me. Or maybe Declan Rice is our only player we want in the summer. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. And then this is our January, and then Rice is our summer, and it's one, it's a single big signing summer. But I don't know. It feels odd, doesn't it? Because I, 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 someone was asking today, they were like, "Is Declan Rice coming in as a six, or would he be coming in as an eight? So, is it, you know, is he, is he, is is Declan the Jacker replacement? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to go. But how, how do you rate? A, I'd be sorry? going. I'd be going Tielemans. Um, because there's been so much talk about him. He's li- it's a Trossard deal. It's a, it's especially now. That's the opposite. That's where we have the leverage. It's like 
guys, you got three days to make any money, any money on this guy. We should put a bid on the 30th of 30th or 31st of January and go 10 million, take it or leave it. It's 10 million now or it's nothing in four months and we'll sign a pre-contract. Telemans can't play as a six. But we need cover across both. We do, yeah. I mean, we're it's uh, our midfield options are exceptionally light. What do you make of uh, Charlie Patino? Would you would you return him? He's playing under bloody Mick McCarthy. What a nightmare! Uh, I mean, he looks decent, but he's going to need another loan. He, I mean, we, we really want to see a Premier League loan for Patino for me because I think his issue is not his quality; it's his size. Um, he looks. Fabio Vieira-esque in terms of build. He needs to toughen up. Maybe get him up at Everton with Sean Dyke in the championship. Imagine being an Everton fan. I do think that that is the last topic of conversation I want to talk about today. Do you remember when uh, Usmanov was on the board at Arsenal and we were like, get him in. He'll he'll unleash Arsenal. And then he took his money uh, to Everton. And what a disaster. Have you ever seen a club spend so much money so badly? Imagine that. Like, you're... You're five five years into a project and you're rolling the dice on Sean Dyche to keep you up. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. Just... I mean, they had that purple patch, didn't they? I think, what was it, two or three years ago when Ancelotti was there and James Rodriguez was delivering in the early start of the season. It was like Everton are back. Now they're now they're screwed, and we've got a and uh, you're like you know we're, we're having a great season. We don't have any bogey managers, and Sean Dyke is back in the mixer. I don't think he's going to give us any problems. I think that Everton team is so bad. I think Bielsa said no to the job. He was like, this team is too slow to do the things that I need it to do. Like, wow, what an insult. What an insult. Anthony Gordon off to Newcastle. Uh, It's going to be an interesting uh, few weeks, but I am really concerned about this MRI scan now uh, of Thomas Party's ribs. We need a, you know how like Arsenal fans, we're always tracking flights. We need someone to hack the MRI scan machine so we can like see it live. We need some of that Robin Van Persie horse placenta. That's what we need. <laughs> Midwest guy, not sure I've ever prayed for somebody's rib cage, but I might start. <laughs> I know, I know. Impact injury as well. Absolute killer. Okay, news, Matt. I guess the good news, because you know, we don't want to end on a end on a low, is that if it's a broken rib, it's not it, he'd miss the city game, but he'd be back in a month. What's yeah. it? Six weeks. It's six weeks, not three months with a rib. There's no there's no real complication with it. You can't it's it's not like uh like I wonder a, if you could cycle as well on a broken rib. That's not gonna help us on the pitch against Man City. No, just to keep him match fit so that he can yeah. slip right back into the team. I think even Gabby Jesus is cycling right now. I think it's the the twisting, the turning that's the issue. Then the impact, yeah. Okay. All right, Matt, we're at the, the, the end of the show. The final you bit did, is always... You say to Andrew Osblog, do you think there's any chance of uh, City putting a reducer in on party and taking him out? He didn't think they were that sort of team. It looks like you may have had inside information on that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, yeah, I didn't... I mean, it's quite a... <laughs> quite a it's, quite a, an achievement to break somebody's ribs uh and not get sent off in the process but yeah doesn't doesn't feel good right now but fingers crossed uh he's just complaining and he was winded uh let's hope he didn't hear a crack oh.
But we'll but we'll see. We'll see. We, Arsenal we, got to make some moves. Every injury we've had, it's it's been worse. It's like, oh, Gabby Jesus is that for three weeks. Oh no, it's three months. It's oh now it's four. <laughs> it's Mo Mo Onenny's, you know, not feeling great. Oh, he's out for basically the season. I agree. It's, All right, Matt. We're at the final we're at the end of the show. The uh, the the tradition is the AOP AOB. What you got for me this week, Matt? Oh, bloody hell. Um well we just been on cloud nine um, for the last few weeks. AOB is um, we've just got to pick ourselves up and deliver against Everton next week. My AOB is boring. All I can think about is the next game. Um, Arteta's got inside my head. Everton away. Bring it on. Yeah, I don't have any end of a business. All I'm thinking about is Thomas Partey's ribs and Arsenal unlocking the war chest and putting it to action because my word, it would be so depressing to exit this window without a midfielder. It's like, guys, you had the summer to get a six and you didn't. You've had a lot of time to think about how few options we've got at number six. You know, Mo Nenny took, took until December to get back to fitness. You lucked it out without Thomas Partey getting an injury. And now we're at the end of January. You still don't have a number six and Thomas Partey's probably cracked his ribs. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. So you've got some other AOB. We haven't told people about our Patreon. Oh my God, we have not. We're the, um, one... worst, we're the worst marketers ever. I know. When you when you do it for a living, uh, it's very it's very difficult to remember these basics. So why don't you sell away? Um, okay, as uh, I think maybe let's get uh, Moose's comments. Sign up to Patreon, people. Never seen lads graft so hard for three quid a month. Yeah. That's what we do. It's 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 painful at times. It's not a lot of money. Uh, you get more money selling the big issue than you do uh, doing the Arsenal Opinion podcast. But um, we put our heart and soul into it. Um, it's elite content on a weekly basis. Uh, so sign up, uh, patreon.com slash the Arsenal Opinion. Tell your mates, get them to sign up as well. Uh, we are, we're on a drive, we're on a push. We want to we want to get those numbers up, so we would be eternally grateful uh, for your uh, patronage. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, smack that like button. Smack oh. it like you're, you're sending Thomas Party out of the hospital with the all clear. You're smack him, him on the, the ass. Get out it. there, Thomas. Go and go and do a little run. And remember, if you've clicked the like button, you might as well click the subscribe button so you always get a little notification that says when we're going live. And finally, if you are listening to this on iTunes, just just do it. Just open up your phone, go to the review section, give us a five-star review, say something blisteringly nice about the Arsenal Opinion Podcast because it really, really helps us. Uh, and it is an ego massage. I, I print them out. I put them all over um, my my bedroom. It's, uh, it's quite the scene. So make sure that you add that five-star review. And we will be back. When is the next game, Matt? Next weekend, I think. Must Next be. weekend, I think so. Right? Oh man, I hate a weekend when we don't have a game, but um, I guess it is Friday night, so it's not too long. So, we're going to be back with uh, before the whistle next Wednesday, that'll be on Patreon, and then we will join you live on the whistle. Hopefully, we can smash up Everton and make sure Big Sean's first game in charge an absolute horror show. Maybe it's his second game, I don't know. I don't care about Everton's fixtures, um, but a big week ahead. Fingers crossed. Uh, if you are religious, please pray for Thomas Party's ribs tonight. If you're not religious, take up a religion and pray. Let's all pray together and let's let's will those ribs um to be as uh, as good as possible. Okay, Matt, I'm going to I'm going to gear up the music. I'm going to turn off the loop. And we're going to say goodbye.
I'm going to whip up some horse placenta. Ciao for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.